Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. You might have heard in the, uh, in the news this week about how, because it's been a doom and gloom at the moment with the recession, that uh, people in Parliament wanted to put on a nativity uh, to help boost spirits in the country. Um, but it had to be cancelled because they couldn't find three wise men. Thank you. It's Christmas. Get away with that. Fantastic. Uh, when I was preparing this preach, uh, I found a video that uh, I quite like to show us. commission for John Lewis. You don't have to fill in an order form when you're done. But how powerful is that advert? The gift you cannot wait to give. Uh, As most of you know, I work in a primary school and children are so excited about Christmas and all they can think about is what they're going to get. And unfortunately, when the children are going to be watching or adults are going to be watching that advert, they're going to be going, boy, what on earth is that that boy doing, mummy? Giving gifts to people. But we get all the gifts. Christmas tends to balance on what we can get rather than what we can give. And today we're going to be looking at the gift you can't wait to give. I think you can always tell a Christmas present by its wrapping. Uh, I'm a bloke, so by nature I can't wrap. I think with men there's can't wrap and won't wrap, and I can't wrap. And what I do is I put the the present in the middle and uh, throw the paper around. I see you nodding, Dave, this may be what you do. And then I get the roll of sellotape and I just wrap it round, wrap it round. It's about 90% sellotape. Because I want Catherine to earn her presents. I want us to feel like it's a challenge to get inside. But let's look at the Christmas story and what gifts we see there. In Matthew 2, verse 11, it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures 
and presented him with gifts of gold, of frankincense and of myrrh. Firstly, it's worth noting the hospitable innkeeper. Put your hands up if you watch a lot of daytime television. Maybe Homes Under the Hammer. Anyone watch that? Jackie? Location, location, location. Grand Designs. Can I tell you that converted barns are sought after commodities in the housing market at the moment? And this innkeeper was the first person to do it. Mary and Joseph had the first deluxe stable suite at the Bethlehem Inn. And I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Jesus is born and the angels appear to the shepherds. And the shepherds come with no gift. How rude. You know you don't come to a house party without bringing a bottle. And finally, the wise men arrive at the stable with their gifts for Jesus. With gold, with frankincense and myrrh. As baby showers go, I think they're pretty terrible gifts. It's like turning up with a tenner, a pack of pills and a spice rack. But Jesus has been hard done by gold is good, but frankincense and myrrh could be a little bit far-fetched. But these presents have greater significance. Gold, this carries significance, is precious and worthy across all cultures and times. It's a gift that's fit for royalty. Jesus said that he was going to be our king. King over heaven and earth. We believe that Jesus is God. He's in heaven. And he's seated on a throne. He's got an entourage of angels dedicated to worshipping him. These are the claims that Jesus made in Mark 14, 61-64. Jesus said, I am. I am God. And you'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One. And coming on the clouds of heaven. Jesus taught that his kingdom rules over heaven and earth. Over men and women. The young and the old, the healthy and the sick, the Man United and the Man City fans, the living and the dead. Then there's frankincense. This is a a soothing and medicinal uh, remedy. It's possibly what we call cowpole nowadays. It calms and restores people back to their rightful place. And here what the wise men were saying is that Jesus is going to be our priest to help restore us. Jesus was a normal guy, born in a grubby stable. He had to live in exile for the first few years to avoid being killed. He worked a regular job, swinging a hammer. He was homeless, poor, struggled to pay his taxes. He was accused, abused, lonely, exhausted. Jesus had mates, really good mates, and they let him down. Does any of this sound familiar to us? We can identify with Jesus because he went through it too. He experienced it. And he can show us love and compassion through it and victory over it. Finally, there's myrrh. Myrrh was a healer because of its strong antiseptic and anti-inflammatory properties. It was used to treat wounds, bruises and bleeding. But its primary function was an embalming oil and spice that sealed people when they died. Here the wise men are recognising that Jesus' purpose was to come and die. Jesus did some incredible works. He fed the hungry, 
He healed the sick. He encouraged the broken. But his primary purpose was to suffer and die. In John 12, 28, which notes the last week leading up to Jesus' death, it says, but for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. See, Jesus' CV at a glance looks quite simple. Jesus never travelled more than a couple of hundred miles from his home. Jesus never held a political office. He never wrote a book. Never had a Christmas number one, unless you count Cliff Richards. He never sold his story to the newspaper. He never had his own reality TV show. And he never played sport for his national team. You see, these are all the ways that you gain fame in our culture today. But he didn't do it. Yet Jesus is the most famous person in all of human history. More songs have been sung to him, more artwork created of him, more books written about him than anyone who has ever lived. As Owen said before, we measure time by him, days before Jesus and days after Jesus. We even celebrate momentous days in his life, Christmas being one of them and Easter being the other. Those are things that David Beckham has yet to achieve, national holidays in his honour. But it's fair to say that no army, no nation, no person has impacted history like Jesus has. I believe, we believe here at Gateway that the gift that God can't wait to give us this Christmas is Jesus. God our creator is holy and perfect. He radically loves us and cries out to be in a relationship with us all. However, when we look around at this world, we recognise that, that perfection has evaporated in the world and also our lives. We miss the mark and we become totally separated from God. We call this sin. But today we're celebrating God giving us Jesus. Jesus came to earth from heaven as a man. He lived a sinless, perfect life and became our substitute on that cross. Jesus took it all from the past, the present, the future. Martin Luther, the great reformist in the church, calls it the great exchange. He exchanged his perfection for our imperfection, his obedience for our disobedience, his intimacy with God for our separation from him, his life for our death. But why? Why would he do such a thing? Because he did it for us, because he loves us, for our benefit, so that we could not suffer ourselves. Finally, 1 John 4 verse 9 to 10 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This Christmas, God's gift is free. It's not cheap or tacky, but absolutely priceless. We cannot earn or deserve Jesus. We just have to accept him. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.